Reed's Ranch is proud to partner with Marcos Garza and the Garza Law Firm. If you find yourself needing a lawyer for a DUI, if you need a criminal defense lawyer, if you need a personal injury lawyer, Marcos Garza and his team can handle all three. Garzalaw.com, 865-540-8300. Before you say guilty, say Garza. But also, personal injury. This episode's got a lot of talk about Tennessee beating Kentucky. We do 20 minutes or so on the Democratic primaries and some wedding advice. So let's get to the episode. I mean, this is the last stand. You're listening to The Unfiltered. Well, I hate to say I told you so. There's nothing to be done besides to get on Twitter and tweet to all my dumbass followers. But I told you so. Hey, I told you so. The controversial. He's a dumbass. He can't do math. He's an idiot. He gets his hair cut at Walmart. Look at that shitty haircut. The realest podcast in the Southeast. Let the dogs loose. Let the goons be goons. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. Enough. <laughs> 38 in a row. As in 38 on extra point when we were whipping that ass. Ranch gang, stand up. The holy war is upon us. Welcome to Reed's Ranch, the podcast with Seth Hughes. Like, just quit acting like this is any fun at all. Another edition of Reed's Ranch coming at you Wednesday, March 4th. Shout out to my brother. Happy birthday to my brother. Seth Hughes joins me down in Alabama. What's up, Seth Hughes? Not much, John. Happy birthday to your brother. I'm sure he will appreciate that. I hope you're having a a good night. I'm still riding a high from victory last night, to be honest. Amen. Amen. That felt good. Like, winning at Rupp Arena is cool. It's one of the best feelings of being a Tennessee fan. It's, uh, It's in my top three sports outcomes as far as being a Tennessee fan goes in terms of regular season games. Winning sure. Winning in winning at Bryant Denny, winning at the Swamp, winning in Rupp are my top three. Um Man, it was awesome. Like it was just It was awesome. We were down seventeen points. So before we get to the game, you Take a win at Rupp basketball over a win versus Florida or Alabama in Knoxville? I think in just terms of pure, like, euphoric happiness, I think that, like, winning, there's no better feeling than winning on the road. Like, just in terms of, like, how happy a one single game in a vacuum makes me. Like, to me, those are just, like, the three best feelings. I just love winning road games, right? It's just so sweet to win road games. I go back and forth on it. Typically, I go to more road games than home games. Mm -hmm. Titans, of course, just won a couple big road games in the playoffs. Those were really fun. We went to Athens to watch, or we didn't, or you didn't. I, I I went to Athens whenever we won in 2016. That was the, I guess, the last big football road win I saw. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that ranks better than winning big games at home. It's just I go to more road games. Basketball, you're probably right. Basketball, you are correct, I believe. Football, I don't know. There's something about the uh, the pandemonium. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean. Like the leaving leaving Neyland in 2016 after beating Florida was pretty cool, but beating Georgia with the Hail Mary on the road was pretty cool. I I don't know if I if I would say which one was better. Plus, I mean, there's more context to those games. Obviously, the streak versus Florida, plus the the dramatic fashion of the Hail Mary. So it's tough to even compare. I go back and forth. Sometimes I think road. Sometimes I think home. So it sounds like you would take the road win at Rupp over football wins. At home. I like in the regular season. For this like I would probably I'm talking about just in a vacuum, like the things that make me put me on the highest of highs. Sure. In that particular moment. But like no, I would rather beat Florida in football this fall over beating Kentucky last night in basketball. But like last night, there it's just something about 
winning in Rupp, I mean, we how many times total have we won in Rupp? That was either the sixth time the, or the was, seventh time. Okay, I was thinking it was the sixth. It might have been the seventh, but less than ten times total ever. And the crazy thing is, is that we've won there more than anybody else has. They showed a graphic that was like the times Tennessee has beaten Kentucky at Rupp, and it was six, but I don't know if they had already updated it. I thought the game was still going on. It was, so last night was seven. It was going on when they showed that graphic. And like they said, and this blew my mind, was that Tennessee's won there more than any other program. Uh, sixth time, apparently. Last night was the sixth. Okay, last night was the sixth time. Okay. Um, Barnes becomes the first UT coach to ever win there twice, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's crazy. It's, Bruce Pearl only won there one time. I think I think I saw our boy Chef Don say that uh, Bruce Pearl was four and eight against Kentucky. I mean, you just in that team, that team we have of all teams to go up there and win, come back from seventeen points down. <laughs> I mean, it was awesome. Uh, John Fulkerson, man, what a player! I just keep using it every time I talk about it. Just a legendary performance. It was. It was a. It was a classic performance. It was. A, it was an all-time great performance. He could not miss. He had more points than every single player on Kentucky on Kentucky's front line combined, and that includes Keon Brooks. If you want to throw him in the front line, Fulkerson outscored them all together. Richards, Montgomery, Sestina. And Keon Brooks, he had more points than them all. Easily, I might add, easily. I think they had like 18 or 20 points combined. Um, Nick Richardson had 12 points, eight of which were at the free throw line. He had four points from field goals. I believe it's just Richards, by the way. Richards, yes, sorry. Richards. He had four He had four points in field goals. He was the, the crazy thing to me was he only shot five times. Yeah, I mean, what were they doing? They couldn't figure it out. I thought Maxi was getting loose in the first half. And then, you know, late in the game, they were trying to dump it into Richards and just say, okay, go to work. But Pons shut his ass down. I feel like Pons was on Richards a lot late in the game. And Pons shut him down, and, and Kentucky's guards couldn't couldn't get him easy looks, and they couldn't score. I felt like Kentucky's guards just couldn't score last night. I know, yeah. I know that... They, when it mattered. In, in the second half, they couldn't score. Yeah, because I was about to say, it felt like they couldn't shoot, but I know that they, they were able to shoot some last night. I mean, they went they went 6 of 13 from 3, but it just felt like towards the as the game was winding down, they their guards could not hit anything. Well, they scored two points from the 12-minute mark to the 6-minute mark. Like, that was all they gave you. Two points. Not just Kentucky's guards, Kentucky's entire team. It is insane that these teams... Let pawns square up and shoot the ball. Like he seems to have a decent stroke when his shoulders are squared and he goes up and down. When exactly, it's like if, if I feel like if you made him do anything besides that, you could you could take your chances and be okay. Like just make him dribble once and shoot. But Richards continually last night gave pawns the opportunity to collect himself, square up, and rise. And he, Pons was three of three from three, and he also sank multiple 15 to 18 footers. And several- He drilled a 15 footer when it was a two point lead. Vescovi drove the baseline, found him, and Pons finally gave Tennessee a, a, a two possession lead. That was a beautiful play at, and at the at the moment when it happened, it looked disastrous because Vescovi left his feet. And nobody looked open. And then he found Pons. Pons kind of just released and slid in the and slid in the open spot and nailed the shot. And then Pons hit a couple of baseline J's that were like 18 footers where Richards just dared him to shoot. You dared him to do the one thing on the offensive end. That like he can do over and over and over again. Like you can't let him square up and pull up, and they just continually let him do that. Um, Josiah James also had a absolutely fantastic second half, which is good news for Reed's Ranch because we have always been pro Josiah James. 
We have never given up on Triple J. And I've never Some said Some people were calling for gains to play over him. Those people, uh, little faith. Little to no faith. I mean, we've never. We, we have been in Josiah James' corner this entire season, and finally it bore fruit last night. He had 16-7-5, I believe. Um, a great uh, game. Came up with a huge offensive rebound, or a loose ball, I guess. Uh, he, he missed a shot. Fulkerson kept it alive. Josiah got the rebound, put it back up for a six-point lead, which was really the dagger when he went up six with a minute left. Two huge threes in the second half. One on a great pass from Fulkerson or Pons. Kicked it out to Josiah. Josiah caught it. Basically, elbow extended and just nailed it. Um, he had another three. He had some awesome passes. That one pass on the fast break where he kind of... He he went deep enough to where Sistema had to choose between him or Fulkerson. As soon as he chose Josiah, Josiah dumped it over him to Fulkerson. Fulkerson got the and one. That was when we were down five, so that cut it to two. Uh, played great defense. He played great defense. What would you uh, rank as the play of the game? Oh, man. I don't know. Uh, I mean, the play where Fulkerson somehow kept that ball alive and, and James got it and hit the layup to go up six, that play was just kind of... a. <laughs> a perfect microcosm of John Fulkerson last night. I felt like maybe his whole season just, he basically is just as cliche as it sounds is outworking everyone else. Um, Probably that just because that play, I, that play was totally dead in the water. Like James had to hoist it up as the shot clock expired just to hit rim. Um, and like I said, I really liked the play where Josiah James dumped it down to Fulkerson and we got the three-point play to cut it to two. I thought that was a beautiful play. Um, I believe that I believe that came off of a steal, too. You know, I don't know. I guess probably Fulkerson keeping that ball alive. Fulkerson keeping the ball alive. I thought Pons getting a Fulkerson put back when he got doubled, you know, whenever he was getting tightly contested at the end of the game. You know, Fulkerson, we had a really bad possession when we were up three, I think, where Fulkerson just kind of stood at the three-point line, jab-stepping, trying to let Pons post up, and we we turned it over. That was the Josiah Jordan-James charge. The next possession, it feels like it was the next possession. It might have been one or two later, but we almost did it again. But Fulkerson spun, took it to the rim, missed, but set up Pons for an easy putback to put Tennessee up six. Yeah, they crashed down on play. Fulkerson. They crashed down on Fulkerson. What would you think about that charge call on Josiah? I was mad at the time. I mean, I don't know. I I, I was mad at the offensive possession, though. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know if it was a good call or not. I didn't watch a replay of it. I was screaming in the studio as I was getting ready for the postgame show. But I was just mad that we didn't have a, a better offensive possession there where yeah. we just kind of stood there, didn't do anything. And then turned it over. So it was it was a very incoherent offensive possession. Yeah, no, it made me really mad, and it felt like it was going to cost us the game at the time, but it, it did not. Also, want to shout out Vescovi's he's his steal he had that led to his Euro step layup that put us up three. That was a big time play. Yeah, that that Euro step. It looked like it was in slow motion when he did it. And it worked perfectly. Well, yeah, got, because the, the defenders were waiting for him to try to dump it down. Yeah. like They, they, guard, they were guarding the – I don't know if it was James or, or Pons running the court, but they, they they sagged off and was trying to get in the passing lane. So he took his time and, and, like you said, in slow motion, stepped around and laid it up for his first bucket of the game. Um, Quickly bid on it. Bid, bid, bid on it big time. Not not a good game from 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 quickly at all. Last one I would point out would be uh, Pons hit a big three whenever they had come back to tie it up. Yep, with about and, five minutes left, I think it was fifty three to fifty three. Yep, and Pons hit another big three. This one I believe was the one right in Richard's face. It was, it was, and it was feels like it was from the same. General Suck on that, Richards. What would you have done if uh, if Bert would have just said that? 
Suck on that. I would have laughed. I was cracking up on Saturday when we won the game against Florida, and he said, crank that bus up to go back to Gainesville or whatever. He's just the best. He's the best. That three by Pons was huge, and that was the three I was talking about when it just it blows my mind. Richards just consistently let him square up. Like, just over and over, he let him do it. And it's like, man, make Pons go off the dribble. It was pretty funny because, you know, UT always puts out the highlights of basically every point we score. And it was just nonstop money, money, money. And then it, then he just randomly threw in a sweet. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, baby. Whenever uh, Josiah got that rebound and put back to go up six. I guess you have to. Uh, this team, man, they're such a troll team, right? It's They do this kind of stuff after you you totally swear them off. Big time troll team. Yeah, you're ready to. I was ready to fire Rick Barnes. Shame, shame on you. I still am, because I'm a redneck. But hey, this team, man, I like you have to give them credit. I'm not like just because they haven't quit. I mean, they really haven't quit. Just for the record, no one is uncanceled just yet. You got to win against Auburn on Saturday. Yep, I agree. Last night was fun. We celebrate. It was a season. It was the highlight of the season, obviously. It will salvage how people remember Josiah's freshman season. It will etch John Fulkerson into the uh, into into basketball lore, Tennessee basketball lore. But it hopefully has to be a springboard, or hopefully will be a springboard to Tennessee getting in the tournament. Because it's pretty frustrating when you see that Tennessee can play with anybody in the SEC. It makes some of the bad performances even more frustrating, at least in my opinion. No, I mean, I totally agree. Like, how how much would you give to have the Texas A&M game back? Well, zero dollars. I'm not giving zero. I'm not giving any money up. Oh, I know that. But, I mean, you know what I mean. Like, there's no, just... No, yeah, I mean, that was a shitty performance. That was bad. I would like another shot at Georgia. I would like to not let... Arkansas just beat our brains in for 35 of the of the 40 minutes. Yeah. There's a couple games. Like, I would like to not turn the ball over against Florida State and maybe have a, a big-time win there, too. Yeah, Cincinnati as well. I mean, like, that Cincinnati win, if they had beaten Cincinnati, as it turns out, that would have been a really, really good win. Cincinnati is currently right there. Uh, I think I saw them as the first team out. Yeah. Right now uh, on the bubble. But here you are, you're sitting with two Quadrant 1 wins. And, like, I don't even think Saturday is going to count as a Quadrant 1 win. It, it definitely won't Saturday. Because if we beat them, they'll drop out of the top 30. Because they're 28 right now. Yeah, maybe, though, maybe Florida. Hopefully Florida... Beats Kentucky. Yeah, and they could get in the top 30 and kind of be a trade-off there because I think they're hanging out at 33. They're 33. VCU's like 55, so VCU's five spots away. I mean, like, Tennessee's just right there on the cusp of having, you know, doubling their amount of quad one wins. And it sucks that Saturday is probably going to knock Auburn out of quad one win if we were to win. It's like I saw last night Purdue beat Iowa on the road, and – that dropped Iowa to 35, so everyone that beat Iowa at home had a quad one win in their back pocket thinking it was safe because I was pretty good. Nope. But I just miss the days of top 50 RPI wins, to be honest. this is, It's getting on my nerves, man. It's so arbitrary. Like I just got to be honest. I, I miss the days of the top 50 RPI wins. 50, 100, 100 plus. It, it was pretty simple, and I appreciated it. Like I, I know that I know that, that the selection committee is not looking at it this way, but on paper— Tennessee's win at Alabama counts as much as their counts as much as their win at Rupp does. Like they're and that's stupid. That is stupid. And there are five Big East teams. There, there are five Big East teams in the top thirty of the net. There are three West Coast Conference teams in the top thirty. There are two of them who are top ten. Like we have Marquette, like twenty five in net. The Big East isn't that good. I mean, like, I'm not I'm not Will Warren. I'm not Brother Will Warren. I just, I just, 
if they, I, I go by the eye test and what my heart tells me. And what my heart tells me is that nobody in the Big East is worth a damn except Seton Hall. I'm not buying Creighton as being good. I'm not buying any of those teams as being good except Seton Hall. And St. Mary's top 30, really? Because they beat Wisconsin in the very first game of the year? It's fake and gay. Bring back the RPI. You can have your little analytics. We'll take the heart test. Yes. Yes. The eye and the heart test. That, that's what we're taking. Kempom, Bart Torvik, net rating, can all go to hell. I got the eye and the heart test. That's all we need. I guess all of it is a purely academic discussion. If Tennessee doesn't win Saturday, if they win Saturday... They have to make it to Saturday of the SEC tournament to make the NCAA tournament, don't you think? So if they win Saturday, you think they have to win two games in the SEC tournament? I'm thinking so. What do you think? I think to feel certain, yes, but I think they'll be on the bubble if they just make it to Friday. Okay. I think you beat Auburn. You win on Thursday against, who would it be, Arkansas? Yeah, I think so right now. And then you would be on the bubble. You would sweat it out. Do you get in? I don't know. But I, I think you'd have a 50-50 shot. You might be like rooting for teams not to be, you know, have their t- bubble bursted. You know what I mean? Like you'd be counting the at-large spit- bids. You basically want Northern Iowa, Dayton. Right. You want those teams not to have their bids stolen. Yeah. Yeah. That's the That's what I'm prepared for at least. But obviously, yeah, if you made it to Saturday, you would be in, you'd be in good shape. You'd be in. Because you'd have another win over, like, Auburn or LSU. That's the way I got it figured out. Which is frustrating, but it is what it is. It is what it is at this point. I mean, I, it seems like this team has been buried and left for dead at so many different points of the season. I mean, by me, like, me personally, I've just been like, man, this team, just forget about them. That's, you know, and here we are. It is March the 4th, and we can still get into the NCAA tournament, and it doesn't include winning the SEC tournament. Um, the bubble is truly so soft every single year. It just goes to show you that there is no reason to not make the NCAA tournament. We need Texas to quit winning. I don't know if you saw the way they won yesterday <laughs> to did. get them in the field. I love it when a 78% free throw shooter misses both free throws to ice the game at home, and then the other team banks in a three. I mean, like, Shaka Smart has saved his job, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, as long as they finish the job and make the tournament. Hilarious. I love the shooter starting down the court beating his chest after banking a runner in. That is one of my pet peeves. Like, bro, you didn't mean to bank that. Like, you could be happy, but I don't want the uh, I don't want the beating of your chest. But it was a big win, and Texas has gotten up off the mat. Yep, they have gotten up off the mat. Which is bad news for us. We need it. We need that at-large bid. Yeah, the way I see it is like we need Liberty, ETSU, and Northern Iowa to win their conference tournaments. Yep. Those three must win because I think that those three are all going to get in probably regardless. I could, see the, I could see the committee looking and saying, hey, how about a Texas versus Tennessee play-in game? I would take it. Yeah, yeah. Little Barnes versus Shaka action. I would take it. Uh, you would hope that Tennessee would get a good treatment there because Tennessee has been a pretty good basketball school the last see, you know, 15, th- 20 years. Yeah. And Rick I, Barnes has been a good basketball coach for the last 25 years. I, I said that to my best friend Luke this morning. I said, you know, I think Tennessee, they, they've built, we've built up a little bit of prestige. We got a little equity with the, with the In people. terms of basketball. Like, I think that... We, we will get the benefit of the doubt assuming that we take care of business. And that starts this Saturday against Auburn. That is the hope. But just an all-time great win. I mean, just John Fulkerson, man. What can you even say? 
He's like, what can you even say? Hey. Is he going to be the best returning player in the SEC next year? I mean, like the pundit, the prestige media. I'm not asking about that. I'm asking about the eye and the heart test. The eye and the heart, yes. Yes, the eye and the heart, yes. Like he really might be the best player, right? In the yeah. SEC, at least at least on paper. That is returning, yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, how can you not even... Like, you're going to try to tell me, like, okay, like, you could make an argument, I guess, for, like, Kyra Lewis. Kyra Lewis doesn't have the heart that John Fulkerson has. You could make you could make the case for, like, Isaiah Joe. Seems as if both of those guys are failing the heart test. Isaiah Joe doesn't have the heart that John Fulkerson has, or, coincidentally, the rest of the body, because he's hurt. He gets hurt. John Fulkerson hasn't been hurt in literally years. I mean, he did get hurt his freshman year, but he's bounced back since then. It, it, it's maybe made him stronger. None of those guys have the heart. They don't have the chest, as Les Miles was wont to say. The testicular fortitude. They don't have it. As one Mick Foley would say. I mean, just imagine the alley-oops we're going to throw to Brother John next year. The guy deserves to be first-team All-SEC. For sure. There's a chance Josiah could be the best player in the SEC, too. I, I like what I saw last night, buddy. He you looked in, awesome. You go into Rupp and you get that taste. You get that little taste of how it's supposed to be. I mean, if if them two play like they did last night, then, um, you know, Tennessee like might be playing on Sunday of the SEC tournament. Josiah Jordan-James undefeated at Rupp Arena. That's true. Where's the lie? Spot it. You can't. There's not one. There's not one. Well, man, well, that's the thing is, like, if you look at the top of the SEC, I mean, the, who are the three best teams? LSU, Auburn, Kentucky, and I guess throw Florida in for number four. Tennessee has beaten Kentucky. They have beaten Florida. And if they, you know, if they're going to have a chance, they're going to have to beat Auburn on Saturday. Yep. That leaves LSU as the only team that we we have, didn't really fare well against. Yep. But I'm not scared of them. No. No. Any other thoughts on the basketball team? Mm-mm, no. Shout out to Jalen Johnson. Two huge threes. We finally had some bench production that mattered. Two huge threes. Zero, zero hesitation in those threes last night. Catch, release. Swish. And then he had the, the dunk to bring it to a single-digit score. Fun little game. Fun little game. Fun little game, fun little time. All right, let's get to some patron questions. Patreon.com slash Reads Ranch. We got the baseball list filled up. Appears as, we have, as if we have all 40 tickets now spoken for. Uh, looking forward to that as the Tennessee baseball team. Uh, when they play Vanderbilt, that might be a top 10, top 12 matchup. That'll be a lot of fun. Looking forward to that. Patreon.com slash Reads Ranch. We've also been playing basketball at least every Monday. That's been a good time. Uh, hanging out with uh, our, our brothers. So, patreon.com slash Reeds Ranch. Shout out to new patron. What are you doing? What are you I doing? Drinking, you, you, I was drinking my ginger ale. Were you drinking it out of a straw? Yeah, a metal straw. A metal straw. You like the metal straw? I do. I got the little silicon tip on it. Do you run it through the dishwasher or what? It comes with a little squeegee thing so I can clean it. You put the squeegee in the straw, I assume? Yes. Pour a little Dawn dish soap down there and put the squeegee in and out. Quick, quick, quick. Do you wash your hands with that Dawn soap? Uh, not the dish soap. I have, like, antibacterial hand soap at the sink, yeah. too. Okay. Well, shout out to new new uh, $2 patron, Tucker Cooper. Shout out to Tucker Cooper. Thank you, buddy. We love you and we appreciate you. Before we get to some patron questions, you uh, have any election thoughts? Any primary thoughts yesterday as Joe Biden uh, surging right now? They're calling it Joe Minum. Joe Minum. Yeah, I mean, I think it really just shows you that Bernie Sanders is, at the end of the day, just low testosterone. Oh, okay. He doesn't have it in him. He's still playing nice, man. He's still playing nice. He's still. How is he still playing nice? 
How has he not just absolutely just torn Elizabeth Warren to pieces? She is keeping him from winning the presidential, the, the Democratic presidential nomination at this point. She has not won a primary. She has not even been viable in a primary. People that were much more viable than her have dropped out to coalesce around Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. But Elizabeth Warren, who comes in third in her own state, cannot find it in herself to drop out and throw her support behind the other progressive candidate in the race and Bernie is out here playing nice talking about Medicare talking about like I mean I you know Joe Biden it is what it is like I mean but when you see him up there on the stage he radiates a sort of power and just he's magnetic in a way that Bernie is not, like, Bernie's strength is also his weakness to me. Like, he talks about the issues, and he's always going to talk about the issues, and the issues are what they are, and he's never going to change. He's never going to change his mind. He's never going to flip-flop, but that's all he's ever going to talk about is the issues. And Joe's going to get up there, and he's just going to kind of radiate positivity, and just, it's just Joe Biden is, is, high, is high tea when he's up there in front of a microphone. Brother Bernard is not, to his detriment at times. And at times, it's why Brother Bernard is so lovable. Is it fair to say that Bernie is failing the heart test right now? Yeah, he's failing the heart test. I think, really, he has to go after Elizabeth Warren. Like, you... Man, don't play nice anymore. Like, Isn't his last hope, though? See, I, see, when you say that, I feel like his last hope is taking Elizabeth Warren's supporters. So I don't know if he can go after Elizabeth Warren because doesn't he need their, her supporters? I mean... So if he comes out and shits on her, like, won't that make the, her, the, her supporters mad? Who are they going to vote for? They're they really going to vote for the centrist Joe Biden? If you're truly a Elizabeth Warren supporter, you're going to vote for the centrist Joe Biden over the president. I don't know. It's it, it's a it's a it's a fickle bitch. It's a fickle bitch. What do you do? I don't know what you do, but I don't think sitting there looking weak is the answer. No, no. I, he might have he I might mean, have I, waited too late to do it at this point. Now, in a way, Elizabeth Warren is the kingmaker, right? Well, that's what Donald Trump tweeted out. Oh, he did. He, well, he didn't say kingmaker, but he said she's the ultimate spoiler. Basically, like, she's just taking up space and, and fucked Bernie. Elizabeth you know, Warren's the spoiler. Part of me thinks that, like, she's just been explicitly told by the DNC to not drop out. And to keep running. Because every little bit that she takes away from Bernie helps. Because if he was able to consolidate that support, then it would help him immensely. Trump is just on a rampage. I'm trying to find the tweet. He's just on a rampage about Mini Mike. Oh, it's He's been just, so good. Just completely shitting all over Mini Mike Bloomberg. It's been so good. Wow. It's a, if Elizabeth Warren wasn't in the race, Bernie Sanders would have easily won Massachusetts, Minnesota, and Texas, not to mention various other states. Her modern-day Pocahontas won't go down in history as a winner, but she may very well go down as an all-time great spoiler. His, his tweet last night about her drinking beer with her husband. <laughs> Maybe now she can enjoy a beer with her husband. And then something about a liberal friendship between, I don't even, he said something about a liberal friendship. Um, so much for their wonderful liberal friendship. Will he ever speak to her again? She calls him Massachusetts, in parentheses, and she came in third. He shouldn't speak to her again. I mean, he shouldn't. Where's the law? It would be know. tough if you consider yourself friends and that was happening, you know? I thought that, you know, we talked about it. We thought that they were going to, like, do something that was just, like, blatantly just shady to keep it from Bernie. Like, they were going to force, like, a, you know, like a brokered convention or something. And it's going to turn out that they're not even going to have to because inexplicably... Places where Joe Biden didn't even campaign at, he's winning. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough for Bernard. Like, that I mean, fails the heart test. 
That fails the heart test, dude. Joe, you let Joe win Maine. You let Joe win Maine and Massachusetts and Minnesota. Like, that's that is failing the heart test. They don't even have to. It seems like they're. It seems like they had. They're, they're going to end up having to do more shady shit for Hillary to get it than they're going to have to for Bernie to get it. I mean, for Joe to get it. Like, you know, we thought they were really going to have to throw it. Like, they were going to really have to just, you know, really do some shady shit to make sure Bernie didn't win it. And it turns out that they're not even going to have to because he inexplicably wins Texas, New England, and Minnesota. Minnesota. I mean, it's it's something, man. It's something. And then you got Joe go up there confusing his wife and his sister first thing. Uh, it was funny. I, I feel like they did switch places, though. Oh, man. I, 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 feel like, I feel like they fucked him there. I'm not even making fun of them. Like it's it, was, just, it was just fitting. It was fitting. I, I didn't know how, uh, you know, he, he's done all this surging. Joe Menom has taken over with him basically doing nothing. Nothing. Absolutely like, nothing. He hasn't done anything that made people stop and say, you know what? I'm on board with Biden. He fucked up the Declaration of Independence. Yep. He tried to quote it. And he's like, oh, well, you, you know how it goes. He's uh, just, he's loony. He's loony so Joe. This was as of five minutes ago for the Washington Post. Top surrogates, allies of Warren Sanders discussing ways for their camps to unite and push a common liberal agenda with expectation that Warren is likely to leave the race soon, according to two people familiar with the talks. So perhaps she is about to leave the race and Bernie will get her voters. But yeah, it's a good point. Joe Biden has done absolutely nothing. The only thing that's happened is that he won, like, the one state that was uniquely created and crafted for him to win, which is South Carolina. Like, is Joe Biden Is Joe Biden winning the black vote because of Obama? Is that essentially where that come from, comes from? I, I don't know. Because I, I, that's nothing. what happened in South Carolina, and that's what everyone kept saying was, Biden's going to win there because... The African-American community loves him, and yeah. I, I figured I didn't know. I, I don't know why else people would like Joe uh, unless it was just simply for the uh, connection to Obama. You know, I, I don't know why in particular black women love Joseph Biden so much um, as I'm not a black woman, so I don't know. I can't tell you why. I think that Clyburn coming out and supporting Joe Biden, giving his endorsement to Joe Biden— a couple of days before or whatever, like in a time where like endorsements really don't matter anymore, as we saw in 2016, like that endorsement actually mattered because Clyburn has such a, a, he has such a following within the state of South Carolina. Yeah. Basically that one endorsement has gotten, uh, has gotten Joe where he's at right now. Yeah. And like that endorsement actually mattered. And basically like he was supposed to win South Carolina this whole time. Like it's, it was kind of astroturfed in the way that the media were like, oh, wow, the one place he was supposed to win, he won. So, oh, wait, Joe's coming back. We have Joe Minum. Like, which makes me think that Bernie's not as dead as people make it out to be. Because the media... Let me tell you something about the establishment, establishment media. Hold on, before you do that, before you do that, I just want to okay. update our people that uh, astroturfing is the practice of masking the sponsors of a message or organization to make it appear as though it originates from and is supported by grassroots participants. Correct. Just wanted to break that down for our audience. We have uh, had that phrase before. The prestige, the prestige media, the establishment media, the enemies of the common people, whatever you like to call them, they are basically equivalent to the goldfish that continually rams its head against the fishbowl. They have no memory. They have no long-term attention span. Like, they are dumb. They're dumb. They're not smarter than me. They're not smarter than you, John. They're not smarter than anybody else listening to this right now because everybody else listening to this right now is smart enough to be a patron. And no patron is stupid. And so they, like... Well, technically, people that are listening to it now may not actually be patrons. I mean, like, right now, like... Right now, Literally, live. but, like, as they're listening to it, it's right now for them, and it could be, you know, Sunday afternoon, and 
maybe they aren't patrons yet, so maybe we can't say that they're smarter than the uh, the mainstream national media. Just wanted to point that out. Hopefully this podcast boosts their IQ a little bit so they'll cut the check for my family and yours. We'll see. We'll see. Or maybe they want to be on par with uh, with the mainstream media. But, you know, they have no... They, they are a herd. They are a pack of animals running off a cliff. they just a herd mindset, hive mindset. You know, Joe Biden was never as dead as he was made out to be, right? Because all it took was him winning the one state he was guaranteed to win. Which brings me to the next point that Brother Bernard, even with his lack of heart, isn't as dead as people make it out to be either. He could very well stage a comeback. He's not as dead just because the media has found like their newest thing to chase after mindlessly, which is Joe Biden. Joe Biden is very capable of making a huge mistake. When's the Namely, next debate? Do we know? I think like this Wednesday night, right? As in know. tonight? Right oh, now? Oh wait, maybe it's next week. I don't know. I'll get the schedule as you as you go ahead. You go ahead. Um you know, he's very he he's very, very it's March fifteenth. Um He's very, very prone to making a mistake, especially. Wait, so they're, not, they're not having another debate before uh, the tenth. I just saw on Wikipedia March fifteenth. Well, they're voting. Uh, they're voting in six more states on the tenth: Idaho, Michigan, Mississippi, Missouri, North Dakota, and Washington. So, it kind of sucks for uh, Bernie that he won't have a chance to uh, argue with Biden before that. Yeah, if if you're if your brother Bernard, you're basically saying I will take as many debates as absolutely possible on live TV against Joe Biden. It's kind of like like Mike Bloomberg. Why did Mike Bloomberg ever go on a debate? Ever do a debate? Like he should have never done the debate. Yeah, His that was de- the end of him. That that debate in 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 Nevada totally cratered his campaign. That was the end of it. Like you said, like that was so dumb, dude. You were just like what you were doing was such a naked and just, you know, in broad daylight attempt to buy the election. Why even try and and, and do any semblance of like a good faith thing by going on the debate stage? Don't. But Less he got is the, more. Less is more sometimes. He got that American Samoa delegate delegate though. He had six full time, seven full time staffers in American Samoa. <laughs> Joe Biden had one office in California. <laughs> Bloomberg, Bi- Bloomberg's just such a little cash pig. What, how can we convince him to care about Tennessee athletics? How, how, how can we convince Mike Bloomberg to care about college athletics and, and in particular Tennessee athletics? He had. Seven. Imagine him being our major booster and just writing checks like it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> it's, it's My insane. man has been paying out the ass nonstop. He blew through what? $700 million? $700 million. And Imagine what he could do if he just cared a little bit about Tennessee athletics. Can we get somebody to pose as a Make-A-Wish kid? Can we get somebody to go up there? Can we Can we find our most attractive Tennessee fan? That's a woman to go up and seduce him and, and trap him in a sexual harassment lawsuit. Yeah, my favorite. Have him tell a joke and, and take it the wrong way. What was it Mike Bloomberg said about Sharon Stone? He wanted her to sit on his face or something. That was his greatest wish in life was for her to sit up. For Do we know when that was? Was that after Basic Instinct? Do we know like when he said that? I, I, I don't know when that was, but I, it was. I believe it was that he his like his greatest wish in life was for Sharon Stone to sit on his face. Scarface was he like just a huge Scarface fan? <laughs> I don't know, but that 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 statement. You ever seen Basic Instinct when she shows off her her cunt? Yeah. <laughs> she unspreads her legs, and Michael Douglas and all of them were just sitting there. What a word, John. What a word. <laughs> That's worse than me saying gay. Uh, <laughs> Let's see. I Googled. I Googled. Okay, here we go. Hold on. I want nothing more 
Is that it? Let's see. Um, if you looked like that, I would do you in a second. And I would like nothing more in life than to have Sharon Stone sit on my face. Okay. He knows what he wants. He knows what he wants. Yeah, him going on the debate stage is just a recipe for disaster, obviously. And that's the best way to blow $700 million. It, 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 there was zero reason for him to do it. I, I don't understand why he did it. I don't understand. But shout out to those consultants for getting paid. Like, shout out to those guys for getting paid. I mean, that was three months of just easy work, right? You didn't even have to do anything because he just basically just ran ad after ad after ad after ad. Like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I just don't understand how Elizabeth Warren is still in the race, really. How do you survive going third in your own state? You don't. You drop out. Can you imagine a bigger repudiation of someone than like her go than going third in your own state, man? The people that are supposed to have your back. All right, let's get to some patron questions right quick. Did you see anything that you liked? Let's uh, let me pull through and see if we can find these. I, th I think there were a couple good ones, but all these idiots in here just kept arguing with each other. Yeah. Um. User Zachary would like to know if you would rather see Marcus Smart win Defensive Player of the Year, or Jason Tatum make an NBA make an All NBA team, or for the NBA to go on strike for 2021. I don't care about any of those. Um, Tatum make an All NBA team. Whatever. Yeah, that was a pretty stupid question. By yeah, that's God. What a what an awful question. Let's take a, let's take an inside joke on the Discord and make it a podcast question. Good sh good shit, Zach. Good job. A lot of basketball questions. Top four people. AJ asked the top four favorite people to uh, play basketball with that we go play basketball with. I've been thinking about my squad. Um, I like having new Zach on the team. He's a big man. He rebounds. When I shoot, he always tells me good shot. Even when it's not a good shot, he supports me. I feel like that's an important thing to have as a teammate. Um, Logie plays hard. Logie's always down there battling in the paint. Sometimes getting a little too into it, but I like that in my teammates. Logie would be my uh, my point guard any day. And by the way, I'm only limiting this to people I've played multiple times with. If you've only come once, you're, uh, you haven't been on that list yet. So I got Logie. I got Nuzak. Um, Conrad. I like Conrad on my team. And... Uh, I'll go with Will Warren. Will Warren. Will Warren runs the floor and hustles. Yep. And he also no tells me good he also tells me good shot when I shoot. Surprisingly, no Hank comes shot. No disrespect to Hank. No disrespect at all. That's my that would be my five. That would be my five. People that enable me to shoot a lot of deep jump shots. User Marwan would like to know to our crew if we could choose a crew of five from the Discord we would want as a team to survive a coronavirus. Nobody. I would want to be left alone. I would want to be left by myself. Okay, well, I'm going to go. Want, uh, a crew of five to survive? You're supposed to stay alone. A quarantine means you're by yourself. Yeah. Isn't that the definition of a quarantine, to be yeah. alone and secluded? Yeah, I think maybe what he meant was like a, a walking dead type situation where we had to like fend for ourselves i think maybe he. i don't i don't he think he knows what a quarantine it. is okay I, am i wrong i mean uh, the no, coronavirus no, no, doesn't, no, the coronavirus doesn't turn people into zombies marwan i don't know if you know this you're not wrong what are we having to survive a quarantine you just sit in your room do i the five funniest people i want to sit in a room with is that the question who can cook? Can anybody cook in the Discord? Uh, Chef Don can cook. He can be in there. It's a second shout-out for him. He can cook. He can hang out. He can cook. Shout-out to him. So we got we got our, we got our chef there. Um, I wouldn't want to be with you. I wouldn't want to be with you. I'm sorry. I don't want you to be in my five. 
you would just make me nervous. You're a very anxious person. I don't think sitting around with you for a couple of days would be fun. I think you would always constantly want to be do something, wanting to do something. You don't really seem like you could just relax, you know? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I can be rather high strong. I think that's fair to say. <laughs> yeah, so I don't think uh, being quarantined with you would be a lot of fun. Okay, well, we can move on now. They've shit all over me. Would you... Oh, we would like to congratulate Brother Nick on... Uh, he's getting married. Oh, yes. Congrats to Brother Nick. September 26, 2020, the same day the Vols host the Gators. He would like to know, is it too early to file divorce papers? Brother Nick, I would like to tell you, no, your wife is smart. Because guess what? We aren't going to beat Florida, and now you can't watch it. We are going to beat Florida. So good for you, buddy. We are going to beat Florida, and you're always going to have that as a memory of your wedding night. I am very pro getting married whenever the woman says she wants to get married. I am anti. You can. I don't know if this makes me a cuck or whatever you want to call me. I'm not into moving around weddings for football. There are no football games that big, in my opinion. As important as a wedding, yeah, I agree. Super Bowl? If the Titans made the Super Bowl, I might ask, like, hey, but I mean, at that point, you only have like a week, a week in advance, just kind of got to bite the bullet, but no one really gets married on a Sunday anyways, usually, on a Sunday night, you know what I mean? Usually. Yeah, yeah usually. National Championship games on Monday, and SEC Championship Saturday. Like, I mean, I guess if Tennessee was still in their drought and it looks like it might be the year, I might say, hey, just FYI, can we, can we maybe do the week after in December? But if it was like firm, boom, September wedding, the only uh, the only complaint I would have is that's still going to be too hot. You know what I mean? I don't want to get married in September. It's too damn hot. But I'm not moving around big life events for football. But we are beating Florida. We are beating Florida, despite what Seth Hughes, low-T Seth says. We are not. You sound very low-T there, Seth, saying we're uh, going to do the job for Florida and just take the pin in the middle of the ring. Fuck that. We're going to win, so you're wrong there. But you will always remember it. All your groomsmen, all your friends and family, there'll be a TV there or they'll have their phones and you guys will celebrate and party after Tennessee beats Florida. And you'll always remember it. So, Nick, don't fall for divorce. Tell your woman you love her. Be thankful she's marrying you. And full steam ahead. Full steam ahead. And by the way, I don't know if you've ever heard of it. There's a thing called DVR. There's a thing called DVR. So if you don't want your people with their phones out and celebrating, just simply tell them or take up their phones. Just say, hey, we're putting phones up. We're uh, locking phones up here. Some people are going to get mad about that, but it's your wedding. And if they're your friends and they're not assholes, they won't care. If I can put my phone up to go see Aziz and Zari do stand-up, I can put my phone up to watch my friend get married. You know what I mean? And you just got to be, you know, if, if they're going to call you an asshole, just be like, look, I don't want anybody spoiling the game for me, so no one talk about it. This is my wedding request to you. No one talk about it. Instead of signing the stupid fucking guest book and writing your name down that I'm never going to read or never look at, I don't care about your well wishes, stuff your well wishes, leave them, keep them to yourself, just simply sign an oath. Sign a contract. This is what you do, Nick. You get a contract out. You put a book out. No one talks about the game at the wedding if you do and you get caught, you owe me $5,000. Sign it if you're coming in. Bada boom, bada bing. You watch the game on Sunday, Saturday night. I don't know. Are people actually having sex on wedding night these days? Does anybody know that? Is that still a thing happening? I feel like every time I go to a wedding, I'm always looking at the bride and the groom. And I'm like, these people have to be exhausted. They have to be exhausted. How could they even have sex tonight? They're going to be so tired. Their feet are going to hurt. God knows they're going to be sweaty. They're going to be sweaty. I assume they've already had sex before. That's just common these days. Not to get, you know, not to not to talk about how it should be or back in my day or saving yourself for marriage. I just assume everybody's having sex these days. Not everyone, but most people. So is it really that special to still have sex on your wedding day? Are people still doing that? I feel like on my wedding day, if I ever get married, I'm going to be tired. I'm going to be coming down from probably drinking uh, there, being sweaty being annoyed by having to take pictures with everybody and talking to everybody. And I'm just going to want to go back to my hotel room or my house, wherever I'm at, take a shower 
and relax on the couch or the bed. That's what I think I'm going to want to do. So maybe fire up the old DVR there. Maybe do that. It'll be okay. Contract. That's important, though. Your thoughts, Seth? I, I agree with everything you said. I've, there's nothing possibly. There's nothing possible to add to that. Do you think people are still having sex on their wedding night? I imagine so. I imagine some of them are, yeah. I, do you think it just feels like a chore? I bet it feels like a chore. I bet it feels I, like something. I bet it feels like going out on New Year's Eve where you feel like you have to do it. Maybe. Oh, it's New Year's. Can't sit at home like losers. Got to go out and do something. Everyone says we got to have sex on our wedding night, so here we go. You're all sweaty, but let's just get by with it. Oh, you're drunk. You got whiskey dick. Ah, oh, just get over with it. You finished? Yeah, let's go to bed. That's what's going to happen there. That's what's going to happen there. But anyway. I've never been married, though. I don't know. Congrats to Nick. on. Yeah, congrats to Nick. I, I'm, I'm telling him enjoy, enjoy his wedding day. Enjoy it. Best of luck, brother Nick. Um, we the wish contract's the a good idea, though. Take people's phones and have them sign a contract, and you won't even know what happened. Just avoid the internet, bro. Avoid the internet. And then if they tell you, at least you get $5,000 whenever you get to hear that Tennessee beat Florida. Any other questions? No, I think that I think that's a good wrap-up. Looks like I just solved Nick's problem. You're welcome, Nick. Okay, I don't know. Uh, I haven't really scrolled the questions. Um, I thought there was another good one, though, but let me see right before we go. Now, that was the question from Nick. We already got that one. Um, Preston asked what the worst natural disaster is. That seems in poor taste, Preston. But uh, we love our people in Nashville and we're uh, in Cookville and all of all of uh, Central Tennessee, as the news has been calling it. We hope everybody's okay. If we can do anything to help, let us know. Troy asked if we'd rather have an All-American next year. Jaden Springer or Harrison Bailey? I think the answer is obviously Harrison Bailey. No offense to Troy. Always give me the All-American quarterback. It seems kind of obvious. Plus, we have Josiah Jordan-James and John Fulkerson. So, you know, not really going to need Jaden Springer anymore. All right, that's good for me. Let's go. Love you, buddy. Love you. See you. Bye. Watch out, put him to sleep. Eh, isn't me, fuck up the beat. Look at that, ay, look at that, ay, look at that, ay, look at that, ay. I done came up, made a cash play, put a brakes truck through the valley. Look at that, ay, look at that, ay, put a big buck in the ashtray. See the wristband, doing ballet. Look at that, look at that, look at that, look at that. Look into my eyes, they see at a test. Look at who I came with, game full of bats. Look at where we came from, roaches and rats. I never front, but I ain't going back. No freestyle, nigga just got paid. Shit food crazy. Humble little nigga, I ain't pop shit lately. I pop out two M's on a Mercedes. Pull up anywhere I want, like Katie. See a nigga sick with the drip, no drainage. Never been extorted and don't make payments. Fucking up the road, I paved the way. Show you how the ball nigga play for play. Louis on the cape, let's save the day. Batman, but who's saving me? Hit it on like how I'm moving. They can never shake my movement. Taking no break, I'm zooming. Westside throwing up the dub, cause I know I ain't losing. Hey, look at that, hey, look at that, hey, look at that, hey, look at that, hey. I done came up, made a cash play, put a brakes truck through the valley. Look at that, hey, look at that, hey, put a big buck in the ashtray. See the wristband, doing ballet. Look at that, look at that, look at that, look at that. Over there, rap over there. I don't hear none of that chat over there. Is I'm on the beat for the slap over there. Stand on the money, I'm shack over there. Can't slip now, I know they wishing I feel. Like I just hit a lick on the L Nigga just spin a whole brick at Chanel Tell her keep trying to get a pick with a cell uh. Hold up, wait uh. Watch how I throw it a bait uh. Only eat sushi on dates uh. Might eat that Gucci for taste uh. I need my name with the grace uh. Wait before I hit the gates No taking my place, I do what it takes To look in my face, ain't nobody safe We the only ones that made us They ain't doing me no favors Still with the team, you trade up Never give a fuck since day one Shake my movement, bitch. Taking no break, I'm zooming. West side throwing up the dub, cause I know I ain't losing. Look at that, ayy. Look at that, ayy. Look at that, ayy. Look at that, ayy.
the cash flow. Put a brain.